Gosh, tonight. Okay, I, I have an admission. Uh, oh, last two weeks ago for uh, it was Thanksgiving. We were handed for my mother in law two pies, and I didn't want them. Like I don't, I don't like throwing away food, David. You know this. And I so know. we were trying to give them away. Forgot to ask the people who came over like to take them home. So we were oh, stuck with no. Them. I know. So tonight I decided, you know what? I've had the apple pie in there for so long. I'm going to try it. And so I didn't, it looked all mushy. <laughs> so I put, yeah. I put it on a piece of foil. <laughs> have the life to and it. I, and I threw, <laughs> I threw it inside the toaster oven. I thought the toaster oven will revive it. It'll bring it back to life. Oh, that's and good. to a certain extent it did. So I put it in there and the top was cooked really well. The bottom was cooked really well. The center was a little cold. But David, I took like two or three bites and I look over at Lindsay and she could see this look on my face. And I go, Lindsay, this thing tastes like a wet sponge. Like, you know how wet, like you can smell a wet sponge, how it smells moldy? Yeah, yeah the one you've been using in your sink for like three months. <laughs> yeah, that's what it tasted like. It was 90% apple, 10% sponge. And I couldn't finish it, man. I threw it away. <laughs> I thought of you oh, after I tossed it. there he goes. Yeah. There Couldn't it, do it is. man. <laughs> oh. Now, let's see if I finished my research. What did I do? I don't know that I finished oh. it this week, but I feel like I got enough there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mine was yeah, done pretty, so early. Yeah, it's pretty well <laughs> filled out. Yeah. It's pretty well filled out. Okay. All right. Good. Well, I've got... I, if you don't have anything, I've got you covered, so... We're good for with sure. my I was uh, this one I don't know what it was. I think it's the season, but I was just so excited to do the research early on this one. And then when I came across uh it, we've talked about this this weekend, uh Spencer Wilson's cover, uh I couldn't help but reach out to the gentleman and he was gracious enough to uh on this Saturday, yesterday. Uh and for an an entire hour he and I sat down and chatted about uh music and his cover of this song in uh, Jimmy World and his influences. It, it was a great conversation that we had, and uh, I ended up introducing him to Donut Friend. Oh, that's he didn't know about it. I thought everyone knew about Donut Friend. Me too. Whether or not they went there, because he was like, oh, he asked if if uh, Mark Trombino had produced uh, any of Weezer's albums or the or the Blue Album or Pinkerton, and he hadn't. But I said, did you do you know about Donut Friend? Because you've gone there. You've sent you've sent us yes. pictures of you going there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, in fact, we were looking on our memories a, a year ago. There's a place in town that has these, you ever get like, they're like bougie donuts. It's like, right. they're like awesome. Yeah. And like everyone on Facebook shares that crap. It's all over the place. And so last year we ended up just, we're, we'll give in and get them. And so, um, you know, I was like, you know, Lindsay went out to get them. You have to get them, order them two weeks in advance, David. Oh, that's way bougie. Two, it's I, That's insanely I know. bougie. Is this at somebody's house? No, no, no. It's a it's a donut queen. It's just a regular donut place, but they were the ones in, in our area that just figured it out first. They were so now they're the ones that every year but it's like I I told Lindsay, go, go ahead and get um a dozen. And uh so she ordered them and I went to go pay for them and it, like I was like, We ordered the dozen of donuts and the guy goes, Oh, twelve? Twenty-three <laughs> 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 This is Jimmy Pot. You know what, man? I was too excited to to drop that one. I had to. I, I'm so glad you did. We hadn't we hadn't uh, commiserated as to whether or not we had it, and I was like, I'm doing yeah. a lot of nerdy talk of real things that are happening. I was like, I guess I should might as well just at this point parlay this into something. But I'm glad yeah. that you. Uh, that's yeah. a good one, man. Yeah. 
Those are some bougie donuts. Probably all yeast raised or something terrible like that. You know it, dude. They're yeast. Yes, they are the ones you hate. The ones I love. Glazed perfectly. Gross. Nice and fluffy. Yep. Gross. Ugh. Gross. Yes. So go ahead. Continue with your statistics, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, real quick. I did want to talk about we are starting to transcribe all the episodes. Yes. Um, And there is uh, uh, maybe going to be more to that. But for the most part, anybody who is a a member of our Patreon will have access to transcripts very shortly. And then we'll try to build a tool out of that. Um, So that's kind of an exciting thing. It's all AI transcripts. So it's kind of based on like phonetically what it understands that we're saying. But that's pretty cool. Like if you wanted to go back and find something in an old episode, um, that will be... Uh, a possibility for you, and also a possibility yeah. for me, as I have my my uh, avid phrase fine back. Um, but I did yes. forget to look for this song this week, um, <laughs> so uh, maybe next week we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think we're gonna do. I couldn't believe when I went to just type in last week uh, the name of this song, how many professional covers there were of it. So I thought it would be fun for us to do a listen along. Uh, on all of the professional covers that are listed on Apple Music and Spotify as a Patreon episode to accompany this um, that we can rec- that we can record after we uh, record this full episode tonight. So head on over to patreon.com slash Jimmy Epod if you would like to hear all of that. That is to say that this episode is 1223.95, the uh, total amount of a dozen donuts at your bougie donut joint. Uh, this is on Clarity, The Last Christmas 7-Inch, The Clarity Phoenix Sessions, Plugged In for the Holidays Comp, and the Plugged In for the Holidays Comp, what do I have here? It's a Canadian pop rock alternative 2005 comp with Kate Bush, The Alarm, Duran Duran, uh, The Dandy uh, Warhols, Everclear, Fountains of Wayne, Liz Fair, Marcy Playground, uh, RHCP, Sinead O'Connor, uh, The Smithereens, Pat Benatar, Spice Girls, Ecstasy, Jimmy Eat World, and Molly Johnson, Norman Ornstein. Who, I, those are the only people I've never heard of. The rest of everybody else is like a who's who of like late yeah. 90s uh, pop rock. Um, but uh, Norman Ornstein, that's a, I don't know who Norman Ornstein is. I wonder if it's uh, any relation to my friend Ryan. Um, <laughs> perhaps but, uh, distantly but yeah jimmy world's 1223.95 is track 15 on that cd uh and the last christmas seven inch uh is where it appears acoustic and that seven inch was limited to 1000 pressed copies um, wild man and uh yeah uh and i don't have any information let me just double check. Yeah, where that acoustic version was recorded. So you have to guess that it was recorded at Unit Two. Well, um, okay. So Jim did tweet. Um, oh, yeah. This was on December tenth of twenty seventeen. Uh, Twelve twenty three ninety five acoustic. It was awesome to revisit this tune. We recorded this in the fall at our studio in Tempe. So stream it or purchase ah, the seven inch. So it was dude. at Unit Two. Nice work, Gumshoe. Um, so uh, yeah it's track 202 on that uh, 15 of 16 on that plugged in for the holidays comp Uh, I forgot to oh let me look up the ace repertory on it actually Uh, was there anything special about it Uh, it's loading loading no but this is a Richard 
E Birch track, which we've talked about in a do I <laughs> the get Richard Ebert Birch. music track. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um I let's let me look. Let me look. I didn't um write down what track it was on Clarity, which is hilarious because that's the main release. Yeah, seven, it's a seven, seven, seven of yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh seven thirteen <laughs> on Clarity. Uh so uh produced by Mark Trombino and Jimmy Eat World, written by Jimmy Eat World. Artist is Jimmy Eat World. Singer is Jim. Here's what I have for the crew. Jim Atkins is playing bass and the Casio tone on this. Mark Trombino uh-huh. playing that Farfisa, and the drums are programmed by Zach Lind. So according to the liner notes, there's no Tom, no Rick on this track. I believe it. Uh on- on this Capitol Records track. It's a Capitol Records. Do I get a pickle with that? Um, I know that there, I'm pretty sure there is a demo. Dang, there's at least a couple things I'll have to fish out of my uh, research while we're doing this, but I'm pretty sure there's a demo okay. for it. We'll see. Um, they've played it 15 times, plus one by Jim, plus one by uh, uh, Go Big Casino. First time it was played by Go, was by Go Big Casino, uh, December 17th, 1999. So that is 22 years ago, almost to the day. Um, wow. Yeah, like almost to the day. Three years ago. Day, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, and most recently played by Jimmy World at the Ice House in Phoenix for the, uh, the Phoenix Sessions. Uh, no notable high note, but notable low note of D3 and A2. Uh, listeners, 106.3 thousand listeners on Last FM, 458.3 scrobbles on this track alone. 40 of which of the, 40 of those are me. How many of those are you? Ah, uh, yeah. So I played it again today. Um, and that hits that gets me 238, <laughs> 238 scrobbles for this track. Good lord, dude. <laughs> Your Last FM stats are baffling. Um, it is an A major key, 11 B Camelot, 80 BPM, 344 in duration. Shall we look up the lyrics? So while you talk, I can look up a couple things. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> you don't have much time, though. <laughs> um, so I, did, <laughs> I know. I, I did One the lyrics. Yeah. At least it's not an instrumental. Uh, I did the lyrical analysis and then jumped over to song meanings. And I have to bring up this comment from sadly mistaken because it is so true um how the hell can you interpret what the song means it's got two lyrics <laughs> but i know what they mean because there is a verse and yeah. a bridge so or what is referred to as a verse and a bridge i imagine there's that's no probably... demo by the way okay i'd say that's more of a chorus is that uh the merry christmas or an intro and an outro that's very short mm-hmm. yeah uh but it does it does have some meaning to it it's not just it's not just some simple lyrics. Uh, and, and of course, me looking into it deeply as a, as a lyrics major in school. Um, a lyricsman. I'm gonna, uh, a lyricsman. I'm going to glean a little bit more than what's, what, we, uh, what we read right here. So we, it starts out like this. We'll go line by line. <sighs> I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. I believe that's an allusion to not responding to advances or simply leaving somebody in the lurch. I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. Sorry. Uh, and then line two, I didn't mean to leave you all alone. That's a little bit more personal now. I didn't mean to leave you all alone. Uh, and isn't it said that nobody wants to be alone for the holidays, uh, let alone Christmas, but 
he regrets leaving this person alone. And at this point, because it's it's it sounds like there may not be any kind of response to this, to me, I'm interpreting this as perhaps being messages left on an answering machine or a message left on an answering machine. I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. Pause. You know, I didn't mean to leave you all alone. Uh, and then trying to backpedal a little bit here. I didn't know what to say. Trying to rationalize his actions um, or, a cho- or a choice that he had made. I, and repeats that. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Uh, and then, and that's essentially it for the verse. And we get a little break that. I love that. Is, now, is that the mm. Farfisa or the Casio tone? I guess it's Casio tone. That would, yeah. I think the Farfisa is more of a. I mean, look what a Farfisa looks like. We've looked this up. Yes. Farfisa. It's an organ, yeah. It could be. Uh, I don't know. It could be. The mother of all combo organs. Hmm. It's, it could, I don't know. It's to me. It sounds like a Casio. I think the Casio tone might be. Maybe that's. Well, I guess Casio to me makes me think of those Casios we talked about that we had when we were kids. Right. Yeah. Well, here let's give it. Yeah, let's give it a quick listen here. Um, I've got it queued up. So this is uh, this is the intro to twelve twenty three ninety five. Jimmy Stern and his orchestra. We did this last year. Back again. There's a white Christmas in my hometown where the streets are snowy, shining bright. I think it was for your house that we did, <laughs> which is probably like a Ju- like a July track or something. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, it, man, it really like time came around. I know, right? Okay, for real though. Here it is <laughs> okay. Okay. So maybe that's the Farfisa there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. And then here comes the the Doctor Rhythm, the Boss Doctor Rhythm that Zach programmed. And then I think the Casio tone we're gonna get in just a sec here. No, we're actually gonna be guitar, right? It's gonna be guitar. Yes. Oh, I can hear it panned hard left. I love it. No, I don't come. No, you're right. I I want it to. I want it. I can hear it (laughs) in my head, you know? Yeah. Jim on the bass. Yeah. You, whoa, 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 whoa. So now you've got all the, all the 
the bits in there now. All the all the uh, things. So uh, here, here's actually what that reverse thing is, and I guess we can jump in. I, I mean, we kind of. Oh, did we hit the all the lyrics yet? Uh, I got one last thing to say. Yeah, real quick. And this is is it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby. Um, and I think this is his consolation to simply say Merry Christmas, baby. This could this could be the salutation at the end of the message or the phone call. Um, and to me, the the song title as a date makes me think of either a journal entry, a letter being written, or this being an answering machine where you know you got twelve twenty three ninety five at seven a.m. And then it goes beep, and then this is what you hear. And you hear Jim saying, I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. Pause. I didn't mean to leave you all alone. I didn't know what to say. Uh, long pause, and then Merry Christmas, baby. What else? Are you And then hang up. How You know, yeah. that, that seems so <laughs> dramatic for me. I love it. Uh, and that's what I had in my head as far as this, this song goes. So short, but... I love that. You know what? Maybe I'll make that the... Uh the preview the social preview for this because I, I i i always come across them on my hard drives i have all the dailies for one of the uh people mover promos that we did and it has an overhead shot of a tape player uh, uh a tape going into a tape player closing and then hitting yeah. play yeah. and like running for a minute or so <laughs> so i'll make that the <laughs> <laughs> that'll be it yeah man uh so um here's what the band had to say about how the track was uh Composed. So remember when uh, Clarity 10 hit, they did the retrospective on their website and they went track by track on all the songs. So Zach starts it off. This is a song we put together in Jim's parents' living room with a drum machine and a small recording setup we used in the early days. We used just a little digital tape machines and a 16-channel mixer. Jim says, Zach brought over a Dr. Rhythm or something to my house when we were demoing ideas for other songs. We were recording and Zach just started pushing buttons. When the patterns Zach programmed change in the intro, it is totally random. We incorporated it and made the music around it. That drone guitar that sounds low res is me shuttling the guitar tracks backwards and recording it on a different tape, then dumping it back in. It was a one in a million chance that it would line up exactly with the random pattern change in the intro. Zach, when we were in the studio, we tried to come up with cooler drum machine sounds that weren't successful, so we just ended up using our crappy drum machine. Jim, nothing we tried sounded as cool as the demo. We busted out the crappy digital tape recorder and played back the demo, recording it to tape for the Clarity Sessions. We busted out the crappy digital tape recorder and played back the demo, recording it into the tape for the Clarity Sessions. Great timing, too, because we got back that night from dinner at Paquito Moss or something. Oh, my I gosh. Love Moss. <laughs> uh, we found out that Mark's laptop and our crappy digital tape machines we used to demo had been stolen. When Jim... <sighs> When Zach says, when Jim came up with the little keyboard part, we always thought it sounded like something out of a Japanese video game, like Final Fantasy. Jim, yes, I was playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII at the time. I have no doubt video game music is the inspiration for the keyboard lead parts. So, a couple things. Let's listen to the intro again. I want to hear the drum track okay. change rhythms. And I want to hear this tape, this one in a million chance tape dump. Okay, here we go. That's got to. That's the rhythm change. Yeah. And that's got to be the rhythm change on the 
reversed guitar. Yeah. So now, I don't think I don't know if we've done this, and I'll do this in the background. We got to play that forward, right? <laughs> right, and see. What- <laughs> so I'm gonna do that work in the background while you okay. talk about some things. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Surprise. So, yeah. Right. All right. Well, uh, I did have a question for you about the the formatting Please. of your <laughs> a formatting of your dates. Do you? Format your dates with dots, dashes, or slashes. I love this stylization, and I actually use this stylization whenever possible. Yeah. So it's not like if I if I'm uh, in my email signatures, I'm dots all the way, baby. Really? Even with uh, the phone between numbers? phone numbers? Yep. 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 Huh. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And only because I like how it looks. If I'm writing out a phone number, it's dashes. If I'm writing out a date, it's slashes. Forward slashes, I think. Oh, yeah. They are. Yep. Yeah. Um, but if I'm typing it out and I want to look cool, huh. <laughs> I'm doing dots. So sure enough, Jimmy Eat World looks fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think you and I came up with this question right around the same time of where were you at this day? And I had to look it up. So 122395 for me, well, not yeah. for me, for everybody, it was a Saturday. But for me specifically, I had to look. Uh, me being 12 years old, I had to look what was going on at that time, that Christmas. And me being 12, I didn't have any kind of... Are you in fifth grade there? I'm in fourth oh, grade. Oh, my gosh. I'm in fourth grade there. I always did the I'm math. 11. Like 12. I thought uh, sixth grade was 12 years old. So I thought I was in sixth grade. It's always easy for me because I graduated high school. I graduated 12th grade in 2002. So the last... The, the second semester is always the year of the grade I was in. So in 95, I would have been, uh, oh, no, see, I'm doing it backwards. I would have been in the first semester of my sixth grade year, not fourth grade. I went backwards. Okay. But I was also young for my grades. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I had an October birthday, so I was usually the youngest in the class. Okay, yeah, so I was early. Since I was in June, so I was twelve. Yeah, I was twelve. So I was in sixth grade. I was still in elementary school. The very Got tail. It. And end I was of it. eleven. I was eleven in in the sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I looked, and I do recall vividly using my Christmas money, or it might have been birthday money at that point, uh, to purchase a PlayStation for myself. It was a big thing because I was. Whoa. Yeah, I know it was, and I think I want to say it was like one hundred and fifty or two hundred bucks at the time, and that was a lot of money for a twelve-year-old. Yeah. And so I bought that and I think around 90 late 94, but I I looked at what the games that were released. I was definitely playing uh Twisted Metal or Destruction Derby at this time. Oh dude, yes, I love both of those games. Yeah. So I was uh, playing uh either one of those. And the reason why I know I have I was playing that is because I still have the CDs, those those ones. I didn't it's not like I was renting it. I'm sure I rented plenty of games, but those two I definitely played um a crazy amount so that's what i think i was doing i I imagine i was at home because i had no way other than my bike of getting around yeah but it's so close to christmas so my best theory (laughs) is uh i think we weren't going to my grandparents in lake tahoe anymore it's possible i do remember there being a winter where i went to lake tahoe and there was a uh storm and we got snowed in, and I couldn't go 
back to Whoa. school in time. But if I hadn't, if I couldn't go back to school in time, it would have been January. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So I, I think it. I only remember a few Christmases up in Tahoe. So more likely I was in Phoenix or hold on. What year? What year did I get a Sega Genesis? And I remember I got it very late. You and I both. Mine was a hand-me-down. So we probably got them like early 90s, 92, 93. I feel like I probably got mine in 94. And I was home that Christmas, so it's very more, much more likely that I was in Phoenix for twelve twenty three ninety five. Okay, yeah, we yeah, didn't don't. travel, so I know I know I know <laughs> I was home. <laughs> you didn't have a family that you went to visit for holidays or anything. Uh-uh. No, all of our family was in in town, so we just we just went to like a one family get together a year, yeah, every few months. Uh, let's see. Uh, I also wanted to talk about. Notable birthdays uh, for 1223. <laughs> now I have uh, notable births and deaths for this day. Oh. Um, <laughs> says Time. <laughs> How uh, morbid. Or, uh, why did I say Time Magazine? This is called Take Me Back To. Take Me Back. To. Um, and uh, we've performed the most in depth research possible on 122395 here's what experts found out it was saturday under the sign of capricorn see zodiac on december 23rd 1995 the us president was bill clinton democrat the uk prime minister was sir john major conservative pope john paul st john paul ii was leading the catholic church famous people born on this day include <laughs> Who who can forget? <laughs> Abelardo Vasquez. Who is oh, Abelardo for, Vasquez? <gasps> yeah, you, can you believe it? Um, he no. is a singer. Let's listen to some Vasquez sounds. Is what he's known as. I mean, he's a good-looking kid. Uh, let's. Does he have a Rolling in the Deep cover? It is. Let's listen to Ooh. his cover of. Rolling in the deep, Vasquez sounds. Vasquez now, sounds. Something tells me that maybe he produced this. I don't know, because I it looks like a little girl. But let's take a listen. Vasquez sounds. Adele, Rolling in the Deep cover. Oh, that's gonna be huh. him playing the guitar. So not singing. Very uncomfortable watching this. A lot of straight Staring down at the you, David. Lens. Yeah. Yeah. Is this Vasquez? Oh, no. I think that's him. How many? Wait, when was this? this video? When was this created? Uh, that's what I'm gonna. I think this is 2011, but it has 269,000 views. So people huh. dig it. I mean, okay. it sounded fine. Is oh yeah, it did. It did sound fine. I'm just to trying watch. to do the math. Yeah, let's just pause um, it there. We'll stare at this frame for a moment, David. <laughs> oh, I went away. So <laughs> I'll leave you with that. Um, yeah. In that special week of December, people in the U.S. were listening to 
One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. In the UK, Earth Song by Michael Jackson was in the top five hits. Dead Man Walking, directed by Tim Robbins, was the most viewed movie released in 95, while Charles Kuralt's America by Charles Kuralt was one of the best-selling books. Have, have you? My dad used to watch Sunday Morning every Sunday, which was hosted by Charles Kuralt. But have you looked up Charles Kuralt's name in the last 10 years? I don't even know who this guy is, no. Oh, okay. It's not that important, but he was a household personality in my in in my life in that my dad watched Sunday morning on CBS every Sunday morning. I don't know how to describe what that show is. <laughs> it's like the most dad thing you could ever <laughs> see. Um, but uh, Charles Corral, I found out like a couple years ago, like he would travel on the road for this travelogue type show that was on cbs he had a second family (laughs) no way second wife dude yeah it was crazy one day i sent my dad the article i was like dude this is wild (laughs) um uh anyway if you liked video games you were probably paying bug or discworld i don't remember either of those but much more happened that day find out below and as i scroll down i guess Oh, historical events. Which were important events of December 23rd, 1995? Festivus from Seinfeld. 122395. That's when Festivus? Oaxaca, Night of the Radishes. Humanism, American, human light observed. R.C. Saints, John Cantius, Thorlak Thorlilson, patron saint of Iceland. Uh, Famous birthday. The only birthday we have is Abelardo Vasquez. Um, famous deaths, though. Three. Patrick Reginald Lawrence Knowles, actor uh, from Mutiny, I guess? Dies at 84. Gabriel Keiler, uh, collector golfer, dies at 87. And David Land, impresario, dies at 77. Um, Dead Man Walking had been released. Restoration... What is this? Uh, which were the most popular movies released in those months? So uh, Oliver Stone's Nixon came out that month. Uh, Billy Blanks, Expect No Mercy. That's so funny. Um, Billy Blanks? Under the Gun. Oh this, doesn't, this looks not good. Uh, so really just Dead Man Walking and Nixon. Uh, <laughs> music charts. Uh, Once We Day, uh, followed by, oh, Shoop. Uh Hey Lover by LL Cool J, Gangsta's Paradise, uh, Coolio, and Fantasy was also. So Mariah Carey sandwiching the top one and five spots. Uh, R&B, Exhale, Shoop Shoop, uh, One Sweet Day, Monica, Before You Walk Out of My Life, uh, LL Cool J, Hey Lover, Faith Evans, As Soon As I Get Home. Uh, sports games on 12-23-95. You got the Atlanta <laughs> yes. Hawks at Milwaukee Bucks, 111-115. to uh, Any L.A. teams. The Clippers topped the Nuggets, 107-92. to Did Phoenix play anything that day? Uh, not NBA. Let's check the NFL. No. Uh, Italian football and Jupiler League in Belgium. No, nothing there. So Phoenix didn't play any sports that day. Um and am I finding anything else? Books, Charles Carl's America, <laughs> video games, Bug, Discworld, Air Combat 22, Battle Sport, and Firestorm Thunderhawk. Don't know any of those. Uh, <laughs> what day of the week? What zodiac sign? Who's the U.S. president, prime minister, pope, famous people, famous people died. All right, that's all we got. 
That's 1223.95 in a nutshell, yeah. according to takemeback.2. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that was very uh, in-depth. Uh, I also found yeah. that it's it's referred to the 23rd is referred to as Christmas Eve Eve. or I did see that. And what is that? Or Little That's Christmas a- Eve. It's like a Scandinavian just a thing. Wee, just a wee, a wee Christmas <laughs> Eve. A little Christmas Eve. Uh, it's because I guess their big day is Christmas Eve. So uh, Scandinavians uh, look at <laughs> Christmas Eve Eve as their true Eve. And they just kind of say whatever to Christmas, I guess. I don't know. That's right. Yeah, because they don't do anything on Christmas Day. Everything, all the Chris, all the things that we think are Christmas Day are, uh, are Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve for them. Yes, that's yeah. yes, that's correct. Oh man, what a lesson! Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly have a thing for us to listen to here. Okay. Uh, well, I did want to talk about the two. Uh, we can talk briefly about the two social media posts from the band, please. Yes. Uh, okay. On we'll start with since we're on this date, we'll go from twelve twenty three twenty. They had posted. Merry Christmas, baby. 122395 Acoustic. Listen at Lincoln Bio. We'll be performing this song as part of Chapter 3 Clarity in our global stream series, Phoenix Sessions. Grab your ticket or a ticket for a friend here at Jimmy World Live. Have a safe and happy holiday. And they've got that lovely, uh, I guess that's a TV. So it it's a very, I don't know what the, like a textile, but it's looks like a sweater, basically. That sweater look where it has Jimmy World in the Cooper font, lowercase, not oh, their man. century gothic fonts, yeah. baby. <laughs> mm. But it's a cool look. It's got the <laughs> snowflake with the TV mixed with the aloe plant. It's it's very it's very Southwest meets <laughs> vintage. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the the other post that I had, which threw me for a loop, David. I think I was stuck on this far far longer than I should have been. Was Jim Adkins' account uh, from fifty two weeks ago? December 7th, 2020, so just about, just a few days ago he posted this, uh, and he just, all he put in his post text-wise was the sound, and you can look down at his pedal board, and in the middle of it, it says 122395. That's right, and it, that, that took, <sighs> took you some work to find. To find, and this is what threw me for a loop the day that it was posted, was he had tagged Santa Claus at the Simi Mall, and I thought, there is no way Jim is in our city. And if you click on yeah. that tag, I, I think he just put in Santa Claus. That's all he put. And then whatever the top one was, he clicked on. <laughs> that was the location. Uh, but if you do yeah. click on that location, you see his is the top post for that location alongside two, um, eh, like a mediocre Santa and, t- and two young girls. So his was the top post <laughs> for that tag, that location. Yeah. But seriously, I had to go back and find this. I spent almost an hour looking for this. Be- between Zach's account, the their main account, and then I finally realized... Oh, Jim Atkins has his own damn account. Sure enough. So I tracked it down. Yeah, it do be like that. It do be uh, like so that. So in, uh, in relation to that TV classic Southwest uh, last Christmas artwork that they posted to their socials, uh, Stitches and Grooves has a blurb about 1223.95 on their last Christmas 7-inch first press uh, blurb. So this 7-inch is one of the harder-to-track-down records that Jimmy Eat World has released, even though there were 3,000 copies pressed. They rarely pop up on eBay. All copies from the first pressing came on green vinyl and feature Firestarter on the B-side. In December 2017, a repress of this 7-inch was released with different artwork and a different exclusive B-side track and acoustic version of 122395. 
initially advertised as being limited to 1,000 copies on C Green about one week after pre-orders for the repress, second overall pressing went live, the web store hosting it, Kings Road Merch, either switched the color out without notice or put up a new variant and removed the C Green one. This new color is blue and also apparently limited to 1,000 copies. It remains to be seen if there are, in fact, two variants or colors of the second pressing or Kings Road merch listed the wrong color. Thing is, the KRM Eurostore is slash was still selling copies of the C Green after the US store put up blue copies. No mention if C Green became a Euro exclusive or if the blue is a US exclusive. We'll have to wait and see when pre-orders start shipping out what the deal is with the second pressing. Justin Miller, I have an <laughs> unopened last Christmas 7-inch with 1223.95 on the B side. You do? Please let me go grab it and open it right now on the pod. Oh my gosh. On the pod? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> no I'm way. I'm going to go grab it. I never opened it. I was like, oh, I have man. both these songs. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> this is sick. <laughs> All right. Well, this is exciting. All right. And to make this even more exciting for our Patreon listeners, I'm going to go ahead and start a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why not? Sick. Three, two, one. One. Okay, I have grabbed all of my Jimmy Eat World 7 inches that I had. I have a, I have a couple here that are unopened. I've got the Love Never Half Heart 7 inch unopened. Always Be opened. Damage Stop Whispering opened. Uh, my Jim Adkins Hell slash Girls Just Want to Have Fun is unopened. I think all three of my Jim Adkins EPs are unopened. And this... The Jimmy Eat World Last Christmas 122395 7-inch unopened. I'm going to say it's blue. I'm going to say this isn't that exciting. It's not going to be the green one. Well, um, I'm excited to man, find out with so you. It would be so cool if it was the sea green one. Yes. Um, so bear with me. I'm going so cool. to... Oh. How are you opening it, man? I, I wanted to know. Well, so... I have an X-Acto knife, not handy though. So I've grabbed the, you know when you put like a USB <laughs> card in your computer and you are left with that little, uh, that little plate <laughs> that goes on your, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, sliding that oh, into, my God. Uh, all right. Why am I giving you anxiety here? Very, very official. Nah, well, <laughs> no, I probably would have used my teeth, so, hmm. Oh, well, it's uh it's shrink wrapped. So now right. I'm actually pulling the edge of the shrink wrap as if I were biting it with my teeth. Okay. But now hey look, I bit my I bit it with my teeth. Um I like a nice line, but I think I'm just gonna take the shrink wrap <laughs> off. The shrink wrap is not worth keeping on here. So uh so yeah, we'll uh speed this up in post. <laughs> but Everybody who's getting the video gets the real is deal. getting the real Holy time. Fear. Yeah. Or I speed this all up. Oh, I'm gonna my resale value on this is going down as we oh speak. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> I mean I'm manhandling it. But... What if it's the seafoam green, David? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I will I will uh use this time to say if you, the listener, have the uh Jimmy Eat World Last Christmas. I have not looked inside yet. I do have the plastic off, though. Um, have the uh, last Christmas 1295, 1223.95, 7-inch uh, 
exotic location recordings published by Turkey on Rye ASCAP, this new acoustic version. Uh, what version do you have now? The moment of truth. Here we I go. I have not looked. Ta-da. I, I have my hand on the vinyl. Okay. I suppose it'd be more interesting if I show the front of the vinyl as opposed to the back. <laughs> Here I go. I'm going to pull it out. That's what she said. <laughs> it's, it's blue. Okay. It's right. blue. It's not C. <laughs> you know, what's funny uh, is on the video, it's not very blue. It looks almost more purple, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking through it. It's very blue. So. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks for pulling it out. Mystery buddy. solved. Is there any other goodies in here? I do like to look and see if there's like a business card or. or yeah. <laughs> A download code that I haven't used that's expired. Uh, this is a nice. This is a very thick um, vinyl, though. It's it's a uh, probably like a hundred and twenty gram. I'll say. Oh wow! Look at you. Not quite one eighty, but it's uh, I, I'm guessing. I I know what a one eighty feels like, and it's not there, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> making guesses. So there it is. I uh, hope that was a riveting four minutes for you, everybody. <laughs> Ah, so that is the answer there. I suppose all that s- stitches and grooves, I'll go find the email for when I purchased that and, <laughs> and say, I mean, which would have been in 2017. Um, but d- how how soon after it was announced did I pre-order it? And uh, am I potentially a part of a second second pressing? <laughs> so there it is. There it is. Uh, um, uh <laughs> Well, that was sort of exciting. I wouldn't say it was a, a letdown at all. No. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about, I didn't write it down, but let's let's take a guess. I, everybody's in their early 20s, late teens, early 20s, right? Let's take a look and see how old each of the band members were. I'm going to say Jim was uh, 95, 20. Yep. He had just turned 20 November 10th. 1975. Yeah. His is the only birthday I know. <laughs> <laughs> August 8th, 1975 is Tom Linton. February 4th, 1975 is Rick Birch. Ricky Birch. And March 19th, 76, 19 oh, years old was Little Edwin. baby. Little baby. Just a little baby. Um, I love that in movies he's credited with riding in vans with boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Uh, so there it is. Did we watch Riding in Vans with Boys? We did for Patreon. Yeah, we did. I don't even remember that. I should listen to that. I know it's I exciting. Get, well, <laughs> I'm sure it was one of those late nights where we may, may have done two or three. We were like, uh, we definitely things. shouldn't be doing this, yeah. and we totally did it, <laughs> and we did it. Yeah. So uh, there it is. Twenty, 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 and nineteen were the band members um so fun uh, very and uh what did i say bands shows in set list fm well i don't know what i meant by that <laughs> okay <laughs> um, let me know if you figure it out uh i do have fun. some some of the little articles a few little bits but they're more of album reviews, and so there's just a small little snippet that refers back to this track. But I, I do think that they're worth noting. Uh, this okay, one was yeah. from uh, Stereo Gum, yeah. And Clarity turns twenty, so this is February twenty second, twenty nineteen, by Ian Cohen. And what what does Ian Cohen have to say? There's another line 
about leaving behind the busy crowds, living trapped inside the chase, immediately conjuring any number of drunken nights where people start to lose track of their friends. The wildly stereo-pan drum machine outro of Lucky Denver Mint chases its dreams until the wheels fall off. 122395 is trapped in a hallucinogenic freeze frame, a guy who's too high to remember the actual day of Christmas. <laughs> Interesting okay. word. Wording there, a little too high. Uh, Uprocks, they did the best Jimmy World songs ranked. And this one, this was Ian Cohen again, uh, February 16th, 2021. And what does Mr. Ian Cohen say? This was, I believe, in regards to number eight, Just Watch the Fireworks. Uh, They go on to say, Jimmy World's best records can be treated like seasonal flavors. Bleed American. Released in July, full of shout-out loud mm-hmm. hooks and bang-on-your-steering-wheel drums. Definitely a summer record. Justin Meldel Johnson's production-wrapped Integrity Blues in Icicle Lights. Futures begins on Election Day and is permeated by a late autumn chill. I've had debates about where Clarity fits into this. 12-23-95 makes an obvious case for winter, as do the frosty bells and glacial pace of Table for Glasses and Goodbye Sky Harbor. And then goes on to talk a little bit more about Just Watch the Fireworks. But it does show up there. Alt Press. What do they do? 12 Timeless Alternative Christmas Songs to Light Up Your Holiday by Alt Press Magazine, December 21st, 2016. Uh, they talk about Jimmy World's Last Christmas. Jimmy World's jaunty cover of Wham's 80s holiday classic, Last Christmas, has seen release on sundry singles and EPs from the Arizona-based band. It first cropped up on a limited 7-inch followed following their benchmark Bleed American album, backed with an atmospheric, topsy-turvy take on the Prodigy's break beat hit Firestarter for a more emo original Jimmy World holiday tune. See Clarity's 1223.95. And the final thing I have here is Bad Feeling Mag. Jimmy World sets a new standard for live stream shows with their Phoenix Session series. Uh, Gabriel Sigler uh, posted this February 13th, 2021. I think we've dipped into this well before here. The band sounded incredible with frontman Jim Adkins, emotive vocals taking center stage amidst the album's meticulously constructed songs. Clarity might be Jimmy World's most adventurous album. There's much less of the anthemic sing-alongs that the band would be known for in the future, and many of the songs still retain the woozy emo rock leanings of the band's beginnings, including almost meditative tracks like Album Opener, Table for Glasses, and 122395. Mm-hmm. There you have it. There she blows. Yes. And did you happen um, to see, I know you sent me that track we'll listen to in a moment, but did you happen to see... The Etsy listing for this one from Outland Outpost Print Co. No, please, yeah, tell me about it. Okay, here, let's see. So this one is, it's basically three curvy lines. Looks almost like a, remember the Trident or the, the I guess it was the Houston, no, not the Astros. It was the Montreal Expos. Uh, they have, it like like Aquafresh, I guess. It looks like Aquafresh. So there's a blue, a blue Yes, yes, <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, yes. It's so hard describing. It looks art. like a yeah, a toothpaste. Uh, a toothpaste. Yeah, like a toothpaste. Uh, ad. There's yeah. a there's a, a light blue. There's a red, and then there's a black. And at the bottom it says dash twelve twenty three ninety five uh, 007 for the track. And it's on a nice beige uh, background. Uh, the description here is minimalist Swiss style poster designed and printed the uh, by the Evening Commute in Nashville, Tennessee, inspired by Jimmy Rolls nineteen ninety five album Clarity. And finally, that image sends to you, so now you can have it to look at. Yeah, I, I got it. 45 <laughs> seconds late. <laughs> I yeah, love so seeing they're, these they're, in people's homes. They're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. This is are. such a great project. We're going to get Charles on yeah. the show one day. 
Yeah, one day. I can't tell which oh, one beautiful. is my favorite. They're all so well done. Yeah. Charles did such a good job. <sighs> yeah. All right. Um. So oh, I've, the fu- uh, yeah, yeah, I've got the sound file. Yeah. I've got the sound file loaded up. Four. Oh, please. Uh, the backwards yes. one. I've, okay, so uh, I reversed the 59, intro. 59, 32, 21. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I reversed it up to one of the bigger uh, waveforms that came in, which is probably, I didn't listen to it, so it is could be the vocals, but it's probably when that guitar part comes in. Okay. Here we go. So uh, let's yeah, take a look. And seconds. remember, we're going from, from you said it's 51 seconds long. So we're going from yes. 51 seconds into the track back to the beginning. So, yes, we're going back to the future. Here we go. high do you think they were when they recorded this? <laughs> well they were at jim's parents house so i imagine not very high <laughs> wow it's so yeah Whoa. it's just like an arpeggio guitar part whoa <laughs> that was cool <laughs> that was really cool Man. (laughs) 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 Oh, that was tight. (laughs) Yeah. So let's take a look. This is one of my favorite. I didn't look up many things in um, in uh, for community, but Uh I did like this. This was a this was and looks to still be a constant theme on 12. December 23rd, 2008, at 3.08 a.m., X, Reign of Fire, X says 12.23.08. And uh, at 4.50 p.m. that same day, 12.23.08, indeed. And 6.56 p.m. that same day, 12.23.95 is greater than 12.23.08. And uh, then there's a big gap of stuff. Then there is a This Shout is Unavailable between November 4th, 2009 and December 25th, 2009. I would like to think that it said 12-23-09 because on, well, this is interesting, December 22nd, 2010 at 6.01 p.m., Tactical Salad, who must not live, and probably lives in Australia, 12-23-10. And uh, yes, uh, because uh, not two hours later, oh, uh, no, that's not true, uh, 14 hours later, Esquale says 122310 in Tape Tape How have I never said that? Tapey? T-A-I-P-E-I. Taipei, thank Taipei. you. And I've totally said that before. Wow, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Long day at Disneyland, folks. Um, yeah. <laughs> 122310 in Taipei. Love this song. Uh, and Crazy Pocket says Happy Festivus uh, in 2010. Mm. Uh, here's another 122310. Two in brackets says Jane Inator. Uh, <laughs> J Steward 2B says 122310. Three in brackets, Merry Christmas, baby. 
And uh, here we go. <laughs> I love that on December 14th, 2011 at 10.30 a.m., Lot says, 12.23, 10, Merry Christmas, Jimmy. I really don't know how they were off by almost an entire year. <laughs> they still read in 2010 <laughs> on their checks. Um, but then back to true form. You've got two on December 22nd, 2011, before 6.30 p.m., saying 12.23, 11, uh, and 122311 in brackets by Corwus and Sisley05. I'm giving all of these people credit, by the way. Uh Shu Shweed S-H-U-I-D-E-S-H-U-I. It's the day of the year to be listening to this song again, happy face. Uh Merry Christmas, baby, 122311. Uh, damn missed it by a day, Hurricane Joe. So let's see if Hurricane Joe comes back around. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't quite get it on December 23rd, 2012, but Talk to the Wind says today's song. <laughs> uh, 1223, 2013 at 421 p.m. 1223, 13, Mary X's baby says Love that. Um, December 22nd, 2014, at 6.29 p.m., Merry Christmas, baby. December 23rd, 2014, 12.31 p.m., Unlucky for Some, says 12.23.14. Mac Crash says, here we go again. 12.23.15, p.m., Claire XX Lee says 12.23.15. One year later. December 22nd, 2016, 4 8 p.m. Oh ben Zander says, Tis the day, 12 16. Merry Christmas, baby. Then there's a gap. Uh, 2017, nobody came, but December 23rd, 2018, at 12 34 a.m., 12 23 18 says, Jawan XP 99. 12 23 19, 702 a.m., Lions 8 Lions says, 12-23-19. And finally, Avian Vivo 1223-20 on December 23rd, 2020 at 8.02 p.m. Who, Justin, will possibly <laughs> land this this year in our the year? I don't know. Lord, I'm excited to check back. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could cue it up. Excited. I should set a reminder yeah. <laughs> on my phone. You know, I'm gonna do that right now. Do hey it. Siri, remind me to post to last FM on 1223-21. She's not listening because we're on the phone. <laughs> oh God! Um, well, since you <laughs> since you read all of those off, do you, are you are you ready for another story here? I would love a story, Justin. Okay, here we go, listeners. This is uh, submitted eleven months ago by indubitably Brendan uh, Jimmy at World twelve twenty three ninety five. That time of year, Happy Jimmy at World Day. Uh, it's me, Entropy. Top post reply. December 23rd, 1995. Gary and I were skating at a hospital on top of a huge hill overlooking a valley. An ambulance came and took out a dead woman. Gary asked me why she wasn't moving or blinking. They hadn't closed her eyes yet. She must have died on the way. A car full of family and friends came in with the ambulance. They were all crying and hugging each other. One woman screamed hysterically and grabbed at the woman's body, asking her to wake up. I had to tell Gary that her soul went to heaven. I didn't believe a word of it, but I knew it'd be easier for him to understand. 2,089 days from now, at 9 a.m., the planes will hit the World Trade Center, killing over 3,000 people. I will tell Gary that there is no God, and all of this is meaningless, but today there is a God, and he has a plan for him. He doesn't know it now, but a year from now, our family will be torn apart, and I will move 
far away and won't see or talk to him for five years. And as we sit on the hood of our car, the sun goes down and he asks me what I want out of life. I tell him, I don't know, on the things that we are afraid. On and on we run away from the things that we are afraid of. On and on we run away from the things that we are afraid. On and on we run away from the things that we are afraid. I don't tell him about the dream I had the night before where I'm riding in a car full of strangers and singing to this some song I've never heard of, smoking a cigarette as we swerve off the road and hit a tree. I go through the windshield and hit the edge of a fence, dislocating my jaw and flipping into a wall where my neck is broken and my skull is fractured. I bleed to death in excruciating pain. I will have this dream periodically until I meet all of the strangers, one by one, introducing them to one another until we are all a close group of friends. I will set these events in motion and I will die. But today in the warm light of the sunset, I don't see it. I just see the sunset. I smile back and shake my head. I have absolutely no idea. I am afraid. And then wow. indubitably Brian reply, replies, Merry Christmas, Gary. Is that from something or is this, am I missing? You're asking me? Yeah, now, now, now that I've gone through it, it sounds like some kind of uh, I don't know like poem or something. Yeah, I thought it was and very then, well written. I found it um, yeah. to be uh, engaging. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, and know. then later down, later down the road, Spatula Grass says, "I was eight days old." So there's some <laughs> heartfelt, <laughs> heartfelt words in this, and then also some uh, just some fun ones. Uh. The other thing that I have from Reddit was We Are Jimmy World AMA submitted eight years ago from We Are Jimmy Finally, World. Finally, we hardly ever get content from this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold your breath. Uh, deleted says, or asks rather, can you explain the significance behind the date 122395? It gets mentioned in Christmas card as well. Uh, and then Waba Jackoff says, please? Uh, Paleo Dragon, no. And then Cannabus says, but please? So apparently nothing is replied to <laughs> from the band. Uh, the Three Wise Men says Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, Jog Hob says it's the day before my sixth birthday. Uh, and then Crooked Fang finally says, oh, man, why is this one just hanging out with no answer? It burns us. <laughs> so no answer there. Still this is on one breath. of those tracks that um, people lament because it has the number 23. Uh Right. And uh, and gets they think that there's a through line of the band with this number. Um, and I think 23 is a very popular number, especially in the 90s with Jordan. Um, but yeah, my birthday is a 23rd birthday. And I've always like had this like sensitivity to the number. Like I notice it a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I and then there was that that movie with was it Jim Carrey, I think. Uh, had a uh, the oh, number yeah, the number twenty three yeah 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 and everything led back to the number twenty three but I mean if you're looking for things you can find them um, right but uh, but yeah who knows um, who could know uh, who who could who whomst among us could know <laughs> um anything else from community I have two things that's oh, it for oh, me I have one thing left. Uh, this band's record, most popular record, well, it's not about the band, uh, what is, what is the name of that band? Gaslight Anthem's most popular record has this year in the title. 45. Ah, 59. The 59 sound. Is it? Dang it. That's the name of the record, right? (laughs) Uh, I think you're right. I feel like people love that record and I never can get into it. Yeah, they'll Gaslight Anthem. I always wanted to sound... uh... They have a song called 45. 
Oh, I always wanted to That's sound more it. like rock and roll than it does, like an Eddie and the Cruisers almost. Eddie and the Cruisers sounds like seems like a movie that'd be way up your alley. Did you ever see Eddie and the Cruisers? Mm, no, it's not ringing any bells. It's a movie about a fake rockabilly type band in the like fifties, and uh, seems like it'd be up your alley. How about Crybaby? Ever watch Crybaby with? Uh, I did. Yeah, that's John, Johnny Depp, right? Johnny Depp, yeah. That was what I yes. always knew Johnny Depp from was Crybaby. Everything else was just incidental. <laughs> um, okay, so, yes, number 59 on Jake T. O'Donnell's list. 12, 23, 95, Clarity, 1999. It took just over 40 songs, but we finally have entered the Clarity portion of the program. Spoiler alert, we'll get to all 13 of Clarity's songs before we're done with the full list. That's interesting. Uh, we start with 122395, which despite being the lowest clarity song on here, is still an incredible piece of music and one that's grown on me significantly through the years. It's the first genuinely weird song in their chronology with distorted feedbacky guitar loops, mechanized drum beats, and what really sound like Casio keyboard notes. Jim later admitted video game music was influential influential on the sound here. The lyrics in 122395 are scant, pretty much just a few lines sung over and over before Jim finishes with Merry Christmas Baby a few times. Merry Remember how Christmas I said baby. <laughs> Merry Christmas baby. Remember how I said there was a Christmas theme running through some of their earlier songs? On Christmas card, Jim makes a reference to December 23rd. So there was clearly something there. It remains a mystery to this day. <laughs> You're spooky. Ah, uh, yes. Believe. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That was <laughs> submitted for that the was, approval. Yeah, of the Midnight Society. That's right. That's it. Um, Are you afraid of the dark? So that's all I have for the community. Shall we listen to the Coosty version from the Yeah, band? let's listen to that. All right, I'm going to cue that up right quick. Listen to a couple versions before we hit uh, some more stuff. Um, here we go. Been a while since I listened to this one, actually. Yeah. I feel like I should always let you dry. Oh, yes, this is cool. It's like all Casio tone all the time. I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. I so present. I didn't mean to leave you all alone. I'm interested to see if any of the covers do the harmony I always sing, which I kind of previewed earlier. I was it's probably like a third yeah. or a fifth. I dig this, man. Yeah.
love yeah. the way that that sounds. Yes. The palm muted little individual notes, man. Is it palm muted acoustic? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas, baby. You get that song? So tight. Yes. So before we listen to the Phoenix session, now this is officially released. Yeah. Um, uh, I think this is our first officially released Phoenix sessions listen back. But right. uh, before we get to that, <laughs> let's listen to the Go Big Casino live version from 99. This is from okay. December 17th, 1999. German. Clint Anderson, everybody come. <laughs> this is kind of coming. So Clarity had just come out this year. Yeah. There it is. Yep. Maybe I'm just always singing a harmony they don't always do, but they do sometimes. I know that's Jim and other folk, but yeah. Xylophone. Tasty. so freaked out for hitting the wrong note on one of those things man yeah Finally, let's take a peep 
all the way back to February of this year uh, at the Phoenix Sessions, which are now uploaded on YouTube for them what want to hear it. I love the way they do it live, man. This sound, this all sounds so dope. Yeah, it does. as a ringtone <laughs> but I need it isolated <laughs> Sounds like a faint little organ in there. Yeah. Didn't know what to say. I love that it has like a phone effect on it. Yeah. Sounds so great for that. <laughs> that whole all of uh, them. Yeah. I was zoning, man. I feel like I'm getting high listening to this song. <laughs> um, so covers. Um yeah. will be next. Before we hit that, why don't you fire up text to speech, baby? Because Megan Golding has blessed us. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Megan Golding. I think Megan has the intros. All right. Let's take a hit listen. Me. Oh, no. Straight into it, baby. 
Yeah, we know this one. I didn't mean to leave you hanging on. I didn't mean to leave you all alone. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Merry Christmas, baby. 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 Oh. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas. Jeez. I'm not it's even like mad a, at that. that it like bugged out. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, her thing was only 33 seconds long, yeah. so I blame her. Yeah, I shouldn't uh, have waited. I, even if I didn't wait those extra, the initial five or six seconds, it still would have gone. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, geez. G. Willikers. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, and I've got a couple other things that I, uh, or one other thing I, I can uh, pigeon in uh, between yours. Okay. Okay. Only because we've used this band before in an earlier episode. Okay. Um, my first one that I have though is the Holophonics. Of course. Of course. They have such a beautiful little piano intro that I had to remark about here. <laughs> this is so good. I can only describe as like the 90s harmonica. Oh, yeah. If you weren't high before, you are now. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's right, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the next one I have 
is Spencer Wilson, the guest okay. on this episode that yes. talked with you yesterday. And do you it, like to listen to his? his? I do. Does he have like a uh, a name? Was where did you find his cover? Um, I came across. So it's oh gosh, I don't have my notes up here. Uh, there is it's like a collective that he worked with back in Columbus that his photographer videographer friend had hooked him up with. Um, by that time though, when they were putting together this collection of holiday tunes, he was no longer in Columbus. So he did his remotely, sent it in from LA. And so he showed up in their, it was like, I think six or seven different bands that did these different, more traditional uh, Christmas songs. And his, he, he figured, I'm going to make mine special and do Jimmy World. So I just came across his naturally. God, is this listed as Clemens and Co.? That's it. Clemens and Co. is that is that uh, I think the collective of musicians back in Columbus. Got it. Okay. Uh, my notes for this one was L A. Much sounds awesome. Wait for the synth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which we, let's we check talk it out. about we talk about in the interview. Yes. Oh, super L A. This guy is around the corner from me for sure. Right. All those palm trees gotta be. <laughs> Mike, baby. Yeah. Goodbye. He's got some harmonies back there, too.
what is that thing he's using? I assume we guys talk about it. Yeah, we do. That was tight. Yeah, man. But you're right. Yeah, he probably lives down the street from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there we have it. That was Spencer Wilson's. Very good. Twas. Uh, yes. Now, I got a couple other ones that I did want to highlight. One was Kiska Spartan Records. This okay, one showed cool. up on, on Reddit, on Facebook, and then also they had a copy of it up on YouTube. Yep, and, and they're also on our yeah. Apple Music, so we won't listen to the whole thing here, but we'll uh, we'll okay. preview a little bit of it here, and we'll talk about the whole. Okay, thing can you can you cue that one up? I have the Facebook link. Yeah, and queuing it up now. Yeah, just cue that one up. Yeah, thanks, man. I love this artwork. This is terrific. Dutch Pavilion Expo seventy Osaka Japan postcard. Kiska twelve twenty three ninety five originally by Jimmy World from. Homesick Again, a Spartan Records Christmas album. 121670. Solid. Yeah. sound got a little chorus in there yeah. little chorus right, effect. cool we'll listen to more of that later but yeah that okay. was dope all right uh okay my last one that i have is father this is i think it's father daughter records but the the artist might be pronoun yes pronoun yes another okay. very popular so band especially on chorus fm so uh we'll only okay listen i'll a listen little to just a smidgen here, this yeah yeah this is uh yeah we'll talk about this one very midwest emo yeah I didn't mean to leave you hanging out I didn't mean to leave you Okay. So, uh, Jimmy Eat World posted September 25th, 2019. Check out Pronoun Guys. Great tunes. Excited to have her joining us for surviving the tour. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Pronoun <laughs> open for them. Actually, open for them that entire tour um, where they did not come to LA. Um, but the parts of the surviving tour that actually happened pre COVID uh, from Fort Collins all the way to Athens, Georgia, Pronoun opened those shows. Mm. <laughs> Matt so good Cote. though I mean gosh <laughs> Matt Cote responds man bummer third eye blind couldn't join you again I hope Zach isn't too disappointed and uh, pronoun <laughs> responded with a skull emoji that's really good <laughs> oh, that's good Don't oh I love this Matt started. Cote how prescient ha 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 the entire situation was pretty much the best thing on Twitter this year until COVID hit 
<laughs> uh, he didn't say that, but I'm just saying that part. Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, love that pronoun track. So yeah, uh, there is uh, one more thing I wanted to go to just because I don't understand what I'm looking at. Did you see uh, Leandra Schauenard? Funny Oldsmobile animation on Sketchbook app. No. This is the type of stuff that we do on that pod way too much. I'm sure people are over, but I got to see this. Apparently, they did use a Sketchbook app and used 1223.95 in the background, but it's for Oldsmobile. Holy hell, what am I going to do? Let's get the hell out of here. Holy <laughs> shit. What is this? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oldsmobile. What? <laughs> this is... <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, 188 views, February 22nd, 2016. Fan-made Oldsmobile publicity. Ha, ha, ha. Used sketchbook-free app to make this animation, and then voiceover actor, me, tonguey face, Tong song 1223.95 from Jimmy Eat World. Um, Yeah. That is huh. a video. Okay. Uh, that was um, the David, most I w- uh, fun extracurricular activity, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this, how happy oh. I was to share this with you. You can't listen to it uh, in the same window, but you can listen to it over uh, the IP. And I made a rave DJ, David. <gasps> oh, yes. That is titled 122395X. All I want for Christmas is you. And we're listening to this whole damn thing from start to finish, David. I was so excited for this. Did you make one of the goats? Oh, yeah. This is definitely a uh, goat contender here. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. back there. Dude, 
Come on, big finish. So good. I'm always going to sing Merry Christmas Baby under the outro of this now. So what made you mix those songs? I don't know what it was about it. I don't know if I hadn't heard that song enough this year or or what. But I just thought, let's put All I Want for Christmas is You with it. And it just worked so well. There's maybe a couple of tiny little ones. But I, I swear, it is definitely um, a contender for GOAT. A, one of our GOAT uh, rave DJs. Yeah. I mean, definitely like on that tip of like, how what a random pairing but it's so good yeah 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 Whew. wow congrats on finding that man thank you very much um justin what are your final thoughts on the song Twelve twenty three ninety five until we hit record again for our patreon episode <laughs> actually right i really love this song i never i never gave it not necessarily a chance but i didn't listen to it so closely um Really hearing all those little bits that went into it and realizing how um, how much it was basically Zach and, and Jim. Uh, finding all this information out about it and meeting with Spencer, uh, it really made me love this song even more. What about you, man? Yeah, I. Uh, it's not a song I ever really thought about outside of the context of listening to Clarity as a whole. But I think... I'm excited to try to be the person that posts 122321. Uh, <laughs> it could be you, on, man. <laughs> uh, on Last FM. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great track that I'll probably revisit this time of year and throw onto some late night drive playlists and a Christmas playlist. And I was excited to do an unboxing on this live live on this episode. And now I'm excited to go listen <laughs> yeah. to some more covers with you. Um So without any further ado, everybody, please have a very happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. uh, And whatever it is that you celebrate, please remember to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! All right, pod friends, listeners, today we have a special treat. We have Spencer Wilson. Uh, someone, an individual I came across when I was doing the pod research and I was watching some videos and I don't know if it was Grumpy Cat or if it was the SoCal aesthetic or if it was just your general demeanor, but uh, when I watched your cover, I thought, let's get this guy on the pod. And so I promptly reached out to you and you got back to me within a day and yeah. we coordinated and here we are on a Saturday afternoon, a lovely so- SoCal Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And and you said you're in your... Um, a, a, like a practice space, a rehearsal space. What, yeah. What's uh, what's that about? This is my studio in um. It's yeah. It's a rehearsal space slash studio in uh, East Downtown in Boyle Heights. Oh, okay. Um, and I have that just so I can because I have my drums here. Like you got, looks like you got a little electronic kit. Yeah. I, I want to be able to be light. loud and not have to worry <laughs> about anything and just you know, uh, and having my apart. You know, living in an apartment, I can't. There's always. 
like hours. And here, I can, if I want to come here at 4 a.m., I can. If I want to be here now or whenever, the only thing I have to worry about is sometimes other bands are playing, but that's like it. Right. And so is that room that you have there, is that just yours, all yours? Yeah. Oh, that that's wonderful. Yeah, I You're share not sharing that with anyone else. Well, no, I share I share with a friend, but we play together. So oh, okay. if we and our schedules when we're here is different too. But uh, yeah, most of the stuff in here is mine, just because I have so much crap. <laughs> I got so much gear, <laughs> and I've given a lot away, and I still have so much. Yeah, that was going to be a question of mine. So I went back and watched some of your covers from before, which we'll talk about in a moment. But I noticed right. there was what I what I believe is to be. A Sunburst Gibson, is it a J45, that acoustic that you have? I actually, I have two amazing Sunburst Gibson acoustics. I have a J45 okay. and a Hummingbird. Then that's like, those are okay. my babies. I was going to ask. I don't know if those were the ones, because from the video that you had uh, in your hometown for the, to the one that you that we watched uh, in 122395, you had that same guitar. Sounds beautiful. Thank you. And it looks gorgeous too, but I didn't know if that was like your traveler, the one that you keep in the hard shell, you know, in like a temperature controlled environment <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> they both, yeah, they're both the same deal. I used to have a Taylor acoustic that was like a beat around and it, just selling it was a bad decision. I wish it still had that guitar just because it's, you know, I it's more of a road guitar. Cause those, they've yeah. been beat up a little bit for me taking them everywhere and playing them. Like one's had the headstock rip. That J45 had the headstock rip off at one point. <laughs> no had way. The worst thing that could happen to <laughs> any Gibson guitar happened to that guitar. How did that happen? It just fell out of its stand. It wasn't even a cool story. Oh, it man. Just, I was going to say, if it's like an epic story, then no, maybe. But. It no, yeah. Yeah, like strap broke on stage or something. No, it just literally just, I bumped it. And it was the oh, stupidest man. thing, and it just fell, and the headstock literally popped off like it might as well have been like styrofoam. Just, terrible. But, you know, had a good guy back home that could fix it, and it's good as new. Good as new, huh? It just kills the resale wow. value, but I'm never going right. to sell it, so it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> I imagine that's now we got the story behind it, and it's going to be with you forever. <laughs> yeah. I've, so I went, the way that I contacted you was through, uh, it, I think it's through your musician page, right? It was at, um, yeah. Is it Spencer Wilson Music? Yeah. And... I went back through a few posts, and you—the last video that you had was—it was a portion of your "Such Great Heights" cover. That was March of this year. Yeah, that was the last thing I did all by myself. Um, okay. Yeah. And that one had all the music. You, you did all the musical pieces yourself in that one. What you're saying, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whenever I do my stuff under Spencer Wilson Music, it's me doing everything. It's kind of like that one-man band aspect. But there's two other groups I play with where I'm like more of a supported role. Yeah, but it takes a while. Like now that I'm at the time, I was still unemployed, and I had uh -huh. I could like really dig in it. So that's kind of something I like to do, which I did with this song. Is like I take a song I like, and I just try to recreate it in my style, but cover all of the compositional elements of the original track because I love them. It's like I'm not going to try to mess with the writing. I just want to. I'm like a challenging myself to recreate it and do it justice, kind of thing. Right. The, the part, I was smiling from the beginning of the video, uh, but when I really went, yes, was when you, when I saw you playing, it's uh, it's your little, uh, the the mini AK, the Akai little, uh, the synthesizer. Oh, yeah, yeah, the sequencer. That, yeah, yeah, the little sequencer. Um, there's, ever since I heard the rentals, 
when my cousin introduced me to Weezer in like 93, 94, and uh, Matt Sharp had the rentals. I think it was even Maya Rudolph that was the one that was playing the 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 Moog, the Moog, the synthesizer yeah. in there. Yeah. Once I heard that, I thought that's that sound I love. That yeah. synthesizer sound, and that's what I guess that one emulates. Does it have those sounds built into it then? Yeah, the, I was. It can be used as a controller, but I love the sounds that are in that thing. It's actually based off of an older unit, the Alesis Micron, I believe, which is kind yeah. of a legendary '80s synth and has some of those. It has like the. It's like a nostalgia thing. You hear that sound, and like you said, you're reminded of like old. Like you know, it just takes you to a place. It's kind of exactly. Um, yeah, and I love and for that. Me, I was yeah. 11 years old when I heard it. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> I. I haven't checked. I haven't checked out. I love Weezer, but I haven't checked out the rentals. I need to look into that. Yeah, they only had two. Uh, I want to say two that albums that I liked. They might have three, but Matt Sharp, ever since he left the band, he's 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 been an interesting guy. Still in the music scene, um, which is I'm glad. You know, there's musicians that persist, and it doesn't matter what they're doing, which band they're in, but they continue to go. So yeah, love that. that. Which which makes me think you came from. And this is another reason why I wanted to talk with you. You came from Columbus, Ohio, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's where I saw it said, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Clemens and Co. This is an interesting collaboration. It's a remote collaboration and you had Columbus roots, basically. Yeah. They still, my friend Dan Mitchell brought me in on that. That's a showcase he was starting to do annually. And I'm not a a guy to play traditional Christmas songs and that's mainly what it was. Really good covers. Uh-huh. But really, you know, it's traditional Christmas songs. And I thought about, like, what would be a Christmas song I would do, but a serious one. Because, like, when I think Christmas songs, I think of, like, <laughs> Blink-182, I won't be on for Christmas and stuff. And I'm like, that's not going to, that you know, that's not everyone's taste. So I did that song because I love it. I, Clarity is my favorite Jimmy World album, and that's a great track off of it, and it works. So that's Absolutely. kind of led me to that choice. Yeah. Well, if, if, um, man, maybe you can come back on the pod on, on a future episode and, uh, David, because they, I don't know how much you like Blink 182, but as it goes, Weezer's my favorite band. Blink 182 is David's favorite band. And then okay. Jimmy World is our collective second favorite band. And that's kind of the joke. Okay. But. That's what it, I saw you said second greatest. <laughs> and I was like, what's the first greatest? Right. Yeah. Um, but really, we, we've been talking Jimmy World so long. I think it's almost like when you have a child and they're, <laughs> they're that unconditional, you have that unconditional love for them, no matter what they do. You know, like the Black Album or these these <laughs> albums that Weezer's done where I go, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's kind of the fun of Weezer, though, is like you make fun yeah. of them and love them at the same yeah. time. Um, I, I am a ride or die fan, so I, and I can't give them up. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on the Pinkerton versus Blue Album? Which one do you choose? Uh, so I liked I liked Pinkerton before. It was cool to like it after. Afterward. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, going in, I was so excited coming off of Blue that listening to Pinkerton, it was so much more raw for me. And I thought, this is cool. This is this sounds more like alternative rock to me than the Blue album did. The Blue album sounded more like a little bit more like um, uh, proper pop yeah, rock. It's, it's definitely more pop. I always thought Pinkerton came before the Blue album just because of the way they sounded. And yeah, when I realized how, it came how, after, I was like, huh. That's that's, yeah. it, that's usually the opposite. That'd be like Clarity coming after Bleed American from Jamie World. It'd be like weird. You're like, interesting, you know? Right. 
I think polished is a good word for it. Blue polished. album sounded way more polished than uh, than Pinkerton. I'm a sucker for it. I love. I got pop sensibilities, man. I love the blue album. Yeah. I, when I hear it, like I'm just a sucker. I hear clean hooks, and I'm you know I'm in easily pleased. And especially <laughs> their guitars for being so crunchy. They're so clean on that album. Yeah. It's it. They just they did such a good job of uh, mixing that one and recording that, that whole did, album. Did Mark Trebino do that one? Who? <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, I. I'm gonna, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a failure when it comes to the, uh, like the fanness yeah. of being a Weezer. I, I don't know who did that one. David and I have talked about it. Um, all I remember is Spike Jones doing the music video for them <laughs> when they did Buddy Holly, but I can't remember who produced that album. It was not Mark Trembino though. He's one of my favorites. Um, I know he did Clarity. Yes. And um, yeah. And he did Bleed American. And have you been to Donut Friend out in LA then? No, I haven't been to Donut Friend. I don't know Not this. Yet. I don't. What's the deal with Donut Friend? Oh, that's Mark Trombino. So now he's doing. I mean, I'm still. I'm, she's still involved in music, but that's his business. So he's got oh. a small little donut shop. It's like a boutique, and uh, he names his donuts after bands that he's worked with. So I think wow. the one that we talk about is Jimmy Eat Swirl. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta do it's, this. It's cool. Yeah, I love donuts, so that's great. Where, is that <laughs> is that in the valley or is that? Uh, yeah, I want. Well, I don't know. So it's it's like the Burbank area, I want to say. So it's still. I mean, it's nearby. It's probably for you. I'd say it's like a tw- well twenty minute drive. Well, I'm in Burbank a are. lot because because uh, of my job. So yeah, it okay. works. I, I I cover a lot of ground. Like I'm on a on a daily, almost daily basis. I'll be in the valley on the west side and also downtown because that's where I work on music. So I cover so much ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. And that's kind of how it is. Um yeah. But back when I did that this video, I was pretty much shacked up at my house in South Los Angeles. And I that was it. I would do everything there. I had a I, I was a bedroom studio guy and then I had my drums in the garage mic'd up. Awful reverberation because it's in a garage, but yeah. <laughs> made it work. That was what I started right. with. Right. You hear the beat and if you don't if you don't care about the echoes in the background then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's good enough. Uh, so now uh you what is the reason why you came from Columbus? My sister just moved to Columbus because she's working with the uh, uh the Columbus Blue Jackets, their hockey team. Nice. And Big deal. I, I've got another friend outside in Westerfield, and then we have a patron of ours in Cleveland. And so I joke with her a lot about people wanting to come out to California. So what's what was your reason for coming out to California? Um, well, I didn't go straight to California from Ohio. I did spend two years in Austin. Um, okay. And that's when I went to uh, a recording school there and got a got – not a, it was not a degree. It's like a certification – uh-huh. Um, and through that school, I met a producer from who lived in Houston, but had a studio and worked in LA most of the time. And he, we worked really well together and he wanted me to make some records with him. And that's why I went out to LA. Cause I was like, I'm going to, you know, operate pro tools, be an engineer. And that's how I started. I was doing that and working with him and, uh, it, it's, it wasn't steady enough because yeah. of all the back and forth. And then sometimes I wasn't able to work because I had a day job and that took over. Um, and yet yeah, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been doing that, like doing official recording work. It's mainly been more like a labor of love. And then I play in bands and play shows or 
did play a lot of shows, got a couple in. That was the first shows in two years back in September, and then probably going to wait until next year before I'm playing again. Wait till next year. Okay, so are, but things are opening up for you. Have you been approached by anyone, or is it still you approaching these places asking to, hey, hey do you want me to do open mic night or something like that? Um, with the, I haven't been doing any solo shows any in, in LA. I haven't, I haven't done that. It's always been me playing with, uh, the band I'm in and yeah, we, we get people reach out, bands reach out to us. We reach out to venues. We have some regular places that we tend to go back cause we know the booker. It's, it's been more like that kind of thing, but I haven't tried to dip my toe. I played a lot of solo shows back in Columbus and then I did one South by Southwest show in Austin. Other than that, whoa. I haven't, I haven't done any, I have not done solo stuff. Open mic is weird in, in LA. Columbus had a good open mic scene that I feel like is maybe a lot of people don't know about, but there's some really fabulous musicians that'll just be at an open mic and you know, it's a really good environment. Everyone listens to each other. And that was a way for me to like get my sea legs as far as like singing and playing. Um, but yeah, nowadays as solo, I'm, I'm, I'm Beatles style. I just, record yeah. stuff and release it <laughs> so uh what so what's the name of your band that you're playing with out here now um rubber lebaron is the name oh so do, uh, did any of you drive a lebaron <laughs> no but that's one of the reason it's uh that's one of the namesakes is it's the car because people are like is Le- lebaron like you know like what's the classical term like a, a rich person or like you know right yeah no but it's no it's it's the car that's the you thought of the proper way it should make you think right. of that car but no no one drove okay. maybe someone's parent did i can't remember i just went along yeah. with it cuz it's a fun name but yeah we i play with them and uh we've released an ep and it's i'm i'm into that music too it's a little bit different than the stuff i do but it's still it's it's good stuff it's very like uh minus the bear or Dear oh. Hoof or Radiohead esque, a little less, okay. a little less poppy than I tend to be with my stuff. Right. So the chord you're just saying like the chord structures are a little bit different from maybe yours that are uh, a little bit more predictable and standard. And well, it's like the and the form is different too. It's like uh, it's not all. I'm always like I'm about having a hook, having a big chorus, having everything be like nicely synced up like almost like someone could make a dance mix if they wanted to and i'd be cool with that uh-huh. you know <laughs> whereas this band is like it's it's like a cool it's cool being a rock band and i'm the i'm the baby of the band too i'm the youngest at 28 so it's some guys that have probably more seasoned taste than i do or do yeah. have more seasoned taste i've learned a lot about you know bands that i didn't know enough about um through playing with them because it's like I grew up on Blink-182 and still listen to it shamelessly, and they're like, that's so... <laughs> dude, like... And I try to get them to play. They wouldn't, they wouldn't cover a Jimmy Eat World song, that's for sure. Really? Yeah. Even, Not even like a deep cut, something that was on... Uh, something that was on Clarity. They wouldn't even do Clarity? Maybe if I played it, but they just immediately... They, they, they just are emo haters. Or not emo haters, they're just not into emo. Even okay. if it's like the older... Because there's like the waves of it. Like people yeah, think yeah. of different things, and I really love two of my favorite bands. With Jimmy World is also uh, Pavement and uh, Sunny Day Real Estate, and I kind of they all fill into that. That's why I like Claire, the earlier Jimmy World albums most because of that more true emo sound that I feel like you don't. It's like really nostalgic because you don't really have that going on anymore. Like there's pop punk still goes, 
pop rock, but like that specific sound and like that mid to late 90s period, that's like one of my favorites. This really does something for me. Yeah, those um, Sunny Day Real Estate, I came across, right. I think it was around 2001 when I was going to the junior college and there was this girl that I was, her and I kind of shared an interest in music and she introduced me into Jets to Brazil, um, Sunny Day Real Estate, and then I learned about Nate Mendel was the bassist that went over to Foo Fighters. And that's like all these bands that I was into at that time. It's like it started clicking that these bands have different sounds that they've worked with. They've got the sound that they have now, but they're still doing some version of rock. And I've been following all those bands ever since. So um, yeah. what's like the most the most in, if you had to say a couple of bands that are the most influential on you, which would those be? Would it be Sunny Day Real Estate and yeah, Jimmy World. They they be in there, but also more definitely. Be I, Beatles was like my first musical obsession. I feel like my my the way I approach songwriting still goes back to that in a big way. But also, I do have um, Blink One Eighty Two's in there as far as like how I structure my guitar parts. It doesn't sound. It's based in that like repeating patterns over changing chord thing that also Jimmy World does. Yeah, or like our our pagiated stuff that like. Sounds simple, but you know there's there is thought to it when you like dissect it. Um, trying to think of another. I love Angels and Airwaves too. That's another. I'm a big fan. I just saw them live. And they're so big, were you at the Palladium show? Yeah, I was. We were. I was like, you and I were there. Oh, so you were, David, you and I. <laughs> yes, were you we guys were on? Together. Where were you guys? Were you guys in the pit? Or so you guys we up? were. Um, we were on the left. So when you walk into the left, they have that staircase that goes up. We were right at the base of the staircase, kind of on the steps that go down into the floor area. Okay. And then I think they wouldn't let us on the steps, so we stepped just onto the floor, which is the wooded area. It's got like the little, it looks like um, almost... It's like kind of like a, pl- a dance floor or like a ballroom a dance, dance floor. floor or something. Exactly. So that's where we, where were you? <laughs> I was up on, I had a balcony set up. Oh, okay. And I was with my yeah. family and that was, that's kind of the way I like shows now. I like to be able to appreciate the band and like sing along and jam. I don't like being down shoulder to shoulder with... With people. Really? Uh, any, I guess anymore. That that changed after I played so many so many shows. Um, so it sounds like you and I are passing because I've moved from being in the seats to now when my wife and I saw Jimmy World. Yeah, <laughs> Paso yeah. Robles. I was front and center. I was like three feet away from Jim, and I thought, how many That's times awesome. am I going to get this? Yeah. So I guess, but it's okay. I get what you're saying. You could appreciate the band and yeah. you get the good sound too. Yeah. I think also the sound has a big do with it. Cause a lot of the times when you're right up front you get to like, you get to see the intricacies of what they're doing. Like, you know, stomping on pedals, like chords they're using and that in gear, you get to see the gear. That's a part of I like, but I like enjoying this. I like being near where the sound guy is. Like if I could sit next to him and watch the show there, I would. And what oh, yeah. see what he's doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you ever had that opportunity of being that close to the sound guy? Well, when I worked for South by Southwest, I I got to run sound either by myself or be the assistant engineer. Yeah. And got to experience. I actually saw New Regime that way. I don't know if you know that band. That's the drummer of Nine Inch Nails and Angels and Airwaves, oh, oh. Alon Rubin's band. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in, yeah, this guy is insane. And I got to see the band he fronted totally by accident while I was doing uh, running sound. And uh, yeah, you know, he knows my cousin that I did, uh, I do my band Blue Afternoon with. Um, she's a big fan of his and like, they've seen him so many times. They're like on first name basis. Like it's one really? of those. Because he's so nice. He's like, he knows all of his fans. He's a really cool guy. 
he seemed like it. And David goes when when he was playing up there um, behind Tom, and he's doing harmonies too, and he's playing these complex uh, drum fills and yeah. still harmonizing with Tom back there. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so humble and seems so approachable. Yeah, he is really approachable. <laughs> he's just you know he's just a dude. Not, yeah, <laughs> like and that's what was a, cool to yeah, see. a really accomplished drummer. But yeah, just a dude. <laughs> um, I've seen Jimmy Eat World twice, once in Austin at the 360 Amphitheater, which was amazing. They double headlined with Incubus. That was a highlight. Oh, OK. That was a, a really great concert. And um, first time I saw them was in Columbus at literally uh, what is that venue? The theater style venue there. It's on the I can't remember what it's called. It's escaping me. So many years ago. <laughs> oh, man, that's going to bug me. I almost want to like flip open Google. But that's why I saw, I saw them first in Columbus. <laughs> okay. Um, well, and, and while you're looking, I mean, while you're checking that out, I'm sure because that would eat at you. It, w- it would eat at me. And in <laughs> fact, when I'm on with David, I'll, I'll say, let's put a marker here because I need to figure this out so I can come back on and tell you what it is. Yeah. Um, but while, while you're looking that up, what New, I was going to ask was... Newport. I, Newport Music Hall. That's a really... Okay. That's a big... Definitely want to plug that because I even when I was in high school, I watched friends bands play there and to see Jimmy World there. That was more of an intimate (sighs) show. And that was during their futures tour. So they just played futures front to back. And that was really awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I don't think you can see it. It's not. But there's a there's a Jim Adkins Velvet Jones show um, ticket where he played out here. It was his solo acoustic show. But the pick was from when they did the futures 10 year anniversary tour. And That's they were in was. a small venue, probably similar to that, where it was um, it, the Ventura Theater. It's tiny, but just to see a band of that of that size playing their the, my, my favorite album, my favorite album's Futures. Hearing nice. that all the way through was just magical. So I can imagine what you felt in that moment there in Columbus. Yeah, no, I, I would say Futures is up there too, probably second second favorite for my, me. And they just they're one of those bands like they really. Um, they almost sometimes it's better their live performances than the album just because it's there's more of the energy to it. But they sound yeah. like it's crazy how they're just they'd sound the same. There's nothing yeah. that changed. You never you don't lose anything in translation from any of their songs live from the studio. And that's also why I appreciate that band so much. Cause like I love Angels and Airwaves too, but they they use backing tracks. They have sequences going on. There's yeah. some like there's more smoke and mirrors to it. Maybe that's just the nature of their writing where Jimmy world has always stayed true to just like guitar, you know, guitar, bass, drums, right. maybe a little piano format, you know, the right now that Robin's now that Robin's touring with them. And I know Robin does a lot of the higher end, uh, harmonies that yeah. sometimes females would do. That's how high the guy could get. Yeah. Um, but speaking of appreciating the band, I looked at your covers and you also have cautioners and appreciation. So you are you a fan of Damage then too? <laughs> I did. I I do like uh, I do like Damage. Um, just specifically, that song was my favorite off of there, and it works really well live. Man, that was forever ago that I I covered those. Um, Cautioners was like that was a cover that I did a lot um, when I would play solo sets, um, and it's one of those songs. And unless someone is Jimmy Eat World fans like us, they're not really going to know it, but they're going to know that it's a cool song. And I wouldn't yeah. always. So I, and I had that. That's one that I kind of had my own arrangement for too, because when it's just acoustic, so I was like, you know, for for these people, it might as well be my song, or, you know, that they're experiencing. It's like you kind of get to introduce right. people to like something that they haven't heard 
and then they'll ask to be like, what song is that? But oh, it's Jimmy Eat World. And they're like, really? Because so many people just associate Jimmy Eat World with like the middle and that's literally it. Right. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, I thought they were a one hit wonder. It's like, no, like. No, there's way more. There, are, yeah, and I, I guess that could go for so many bands. But when when there's people, uh, fans like us that know their discography so deeply, and you feel, and I don't have the, I really don't have the time to pursue other bands to the degree that I pursued Jimmy Eat World. You know, I did, I, I devote a lot of my time to that band. But just knowing how far they've come with all the EPs they put out, all the B sides that you have access to, and how true they've stayed to their sound and their craft, it's like such an yeah. inspiration. That's they have a lot of rarities because there's some Jimmy World tracks I really love that I don't get to listen to often just because they're not like on streaming platforms, like some of the B sides they've done, um, like uh, Late Registration is one I'm thinking of, and then uh, Roller Queen. Both of those songs oh, yeah. are awesome, but like the only way I'm ever able to like see because I, I don't own the bootlegs or the CDs or whatever is like YouTube, <laughs> like that's yeah, and you know so. <laughs> That's one. Of, I think that's something that's cool, it, all, cool and uncool at the same time. It's like they have like all these cool little hidden gems that you can find. Because sometimes, like I think I finally just heard a couple of those songs like just a couple of years ago. Like I went forever not even knowing they existed. Yeah, if you go on to and we've 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 dipped into this well a few times, but if you go to Steve's Rare Music on YouTube, he's got a ton of hard to find uh, Jimmy stuff that he's uploaded from his collection. Uh, Roller Queen's one of them, and there's a lot of the Mark Trombino session B-sides that he's put up on there that some tracks, like Open Bar Reception, we even tried uploading Open Bar Reception. It gets picked up so quickly and knocked out. Um, Other songs that he's uploaded, they've lasted for, I think the account's been there for like 10, 15 years. And uh, but that's a good that's one good individual account that you can visit and find some really hard to find uh, Jimmy World stuff. Oh, I called it late reception. It's or late registration. It's open bar reception. But you yeah, still understood what I meant. <laughs> yeah, it's it, <laughs> when you said open registration, it made me actually think we just finished uh, the two car songs. So we did big cars and uh, oh my gosh, see now this is gonna bug me. It's um. <laughs> cars and it just came out today oh man now see now i gotta look at this <laughs> so now you ask me a question and you vamp and i'll look at the precision auto that's what it is oh precision yeah. auto okay so yeah we, that's a cool song yeah and that was a super chunk cover and uh, but still i mean you don't even there's there's tracks that when david and i sit down and we research and we find out that oh this is a this is a cover of another band like yeah. i always thought this and the nice thing about jimmy world is they'll usually put their spin on these covers that they do right Right, uh, which, which sounds like what you did with cautioners. It's when you're what I call yeah. acousticizing it, right? I acousticized it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, I handle took a little liberties with like the melody. It was less than it was a little bit different than like what I did with twelve twenty three ninety five, where I just like took just played the song but with acoustic and different sounds a little bit. You know, it's kind of like two different ways to approach it. Right. I guess because yeah, it was a that, recording. It, it's yeah. different if you're going to do it live, then you kind of are forced to arrange it a little more. Right. Yeah, and yours was really good. I have, I Thank end you. up, if I play anything acoustically, I end up just strumming the chords. That's that's just what I, that's my version of it. But yours was actually, you were, you were you know, those notes, the introduction to cautioners, you had that, uh, hand, I think you were finger picking, or not finger picking, but you were just picking those notes out. Yeah, I was doing the, the palm muted stuff. I'm a big yeah. fan on acoustic I kind of like 
Paul muting and playing like single note lines and finger picking a lot rather than I like strumming it too. Sometimes strumming it feels good. Like I'm an equal yeah. opportunity, but I do like taking <laughs> like if there's any melodic parts that happen that I like, I like to represent them. Even though sometimes it can be really hard to sing and play that stuff at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like so now, uh, it, it is yeah, and that's 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 why I feel like it's easier for me to record acoustic stuff because then I can do a couple of takes. I can record things separately. Now you said before we were on, you have Pro Tools, so you've got a you've got a full on setup. Um, how often do you find yourself recording things? Uh, very often. Um, I think recently. I haven't done a full song like that. I've been doing more just individual parts and also a lot of mixing and editing for uh, another project I'm a part of. So I haven't I haven't hopped in and tried to do a full. I, I'm sitting on so much stuff that's like almost finished that I just have either haven't done a vocal for, maybe I haven't mixed it. I just haven't gotten to it because there's been other there's been other priorities. Um, oh, I know how that goes. <laughs> But I have, they're all originals too, and originals are always harder because I'm more critical of them. Covers are easier to blast out because I, the bar is already there of what I'm trying to achieve rather than me figuring out yeah. like, what's the, the limit or potential here or what's it supposed to be. Um, so that's, that's how it goes. But yeah, I got Pro Tools. I have a full channel strip here. I, if you can see in the background, I even got the drums are like, they stay mic'd up. But yeah. what happened was, is my drum throne broke. I was doing when I was doing that such great heights cover. I was literally on one of the final takes, and the drum throne just gave out and wouldn't. <laughs> I literally just fell, and I got it on video on one of my outtakes. There's literally me just playing and then just falling down, and like just being like frustrated and like surprised and just like it, it's it was a pretty special moment. So I haven't gotten a new throne. So right now the drums I haven't been able to play them. So that's on the agenda because I always like doing. I'm not a great uh, drummer when it comes to like playing live in a band, but with the help of Pro Tools and Studio yeah. Magic, any I can you know pretend like I can play. <laughs> right, and you know the more music that I get, I'll listen. I'm on Spotify a lot, so I'll listen to Release Radar and I'll share music with other people, and I'll listen to the music intently, and I'll and I'll hear how they're making their sound, and it's not bad to create a digital sound or to sequence something or. To use, like, let's say the drummer feature in, like, in my case, when I got Logic Pro, you can use the drummer feature, and it sounds like a, a good a good drummer. If you listened closely, you could somebody a pro could say, "Oh no, that's a digitized drummer." Yeah. But still, it doesn't matter as long as you've you've mixed it in well enough and it fits with what the sound yeah. you're trying to go for. I don't. I'm kind of old school with my stuff, so I I never use uh, loops or like like a program that would play a sequ like. I think in Logic that's really common. You can pull a loop out or like MIDI map it, and it'll just like be like yeah, a supporting part. Yeah. I don't do any of that. Like, I learned like from working on Pro Tools under a producer for like a lo lots of different projects. Like specifically, like really demanding music, like uh, metal. I did a yeah, did a hard like a hardcore uh, metal band, and I had to like take a perf live performance and make it as perfect as you can, just using like. Pro old blood and iron pro tools, nudging, crossfading. That's how I make all my stuff still. So I'll play, I'll do the best takes I can do. And I'll literally like sew them together and, and line up every hit manually until it's where I want it to be. Basically creating a performance that wasn't there, but it's still based on what I actually played. And I'll do that with guitar and bass. And when I do beats, 
I don't like have like a drum machine or anything. The one uh-huh. I use in that video is literally how I make bass a lot of my beats. It's an old school step sequencer. So I tap in the, the steps and it'll just keep repeating those 12 steps or whatever. And each one I, I manually put the sample I want and, you know, mi- mix it a little bit and that's it. Like that's really antiquated technology compared to people who can just pop into Logic or Ableton and like in 10 minutes they have like a hook or like a part of a song just from like tapping some stuff. Me, I like sit right. there and I'm like looking and I like have my mouth and I'm like <laughs> dragging a bunch. It's like, it's not really how people do it anymore. But when I learned audio and how I've done it, has always been based in that old school hardcore way of, you know, basically as old school as you can get before with before uh, or after tape when we actually got like, did you know, digital audio workstations like Pro Tools and stuff. Right. Now, I was doing the research for 122395, came across the Wikipedia article for it, that one specifically, and they mentioned that Zach, they were fiddling around at Jim's parents' house. Zach came in with his boss, Dr. Rhythm, which is, I believe is a similar sequencer to what you're talking about, but that's what he did. He just kind of made a, a funky little uh, drum loop, let it play. Okay, on, that's what it was. I was loop. wondering what they used, so it was a Dr. Rhythm. Yeah, yeah I know Dr. That Rhythm. Unit. Those... If you have an original <laughs> one of those, you, they go on eBay for like, because that's one I love. A few hundred bucks. Yeah, I love the old Roland stuff. I have a couple of old boss pedals that I love. So that's cool that that's what they used. And that kind of, yeah. the sounds are like that. I tried to emulate the, it really just sounds like, it's kind of the charm of it. It's just like that little tiny beat. It sounds like it's coming yeah, out of it, a little <laughs> tiny space. I have a Casio keyboard that my grandpa nice. gave to me that has a similar, um, similar kind of sounds to that. It's very synthetic drums, but. Uh, I think it's a Nails song. I don't know if it was 90, yeah. 99 lines about 99 women or 88 lines about whatever, 44 women. But it's uh, they've got the background. It's like, booty, kate, booty, tate, yeah. booty. and it's the same same sound out of that Casio <laughs> yeah. keyboard. I love that. Another uh, Portishead's another band that uses those like very simple early drum sequence sounds too. And there's something like they're kind of campy but they're also like really kind of cool. It's like this interesting yeah. feeling they give you. And if you put something really smooth on top of it, it like changes the way the beat feels. And then 122395, that's kind of what's cool about that song is it starts with this vibe. And then once the guitar comes in, it switches and you have like this contrast between this very like um, tight little tiny beat that's like always looping and repeating. And then these like very floaty guitars and synth over it. Kinda. Right. And I, I, I want to say a part of that comes from Jim's method of his early days on his four track where he would just sit there and do all the parts, but the beat, he might just throw in a some kind of loop thing just to have something going while he's doing the bass and the drum and then playing his guitar. And I know that Zach, Zach picks up so much with his, I mean, he definitely adds, he's an incredible drummer and adds his flavor to it. Yeah. But like songs like 122395 there are still elements of that yeah it's his pattern that his, remain. it sounds like a, a drum pattern he would do cuz he again something i love sounds simple usually is like four four time but like the pattern the syncopated patterns he'll do between his snare his hi hat and kick hits are like yeah. i love that and i copy that too i, I like try to find unorthodox syncopations for that like in a in a simple time signature to like spice it up you know because it's right. like and that that so you're 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 totally on where it's yeah it's not a it's not an acoustic drum track but the he played the doctor rhythm the like feel. he would play it yeah the feel is exactly there. right and uh you made another good point with the 
the guitar coming in, that's one one word that we use with Jimmy Eat World a lot is dynamicism or dynamics. Because they can go, and especially in, in a, an album like Clarity, they go from having these, uh, and Roller Queen too, these really soft parts, and then they just explode. Yeah. And they were so early in that that type of writing that it's... It, Sunny it's, Day, I mean, Sunny Day is the same, same way. And Brand yeah. New is another band that uses that yeah. hook a lot. Or Taking Back Sunday, they kind of... And those are like later. It's like that they developed from that earlier uh, sound and idea. But yeah, especially like that's always when I listen to a Jimmy Eat World album and I look forward to that. I'm like, there's going to be the the rock songs. There's going to be like an acoustic song. There might be like something a little more electronic. Like even their newest album, they have a 555, which kind of fit. That's like the 122395 of that album where it's like they kind of switch <laughs> it up for a second. You're like, whoa. And then they'll go back yeah. and just do like, you know. A, a straightforward rock rock track that's just a catchy rock song and then they just they like to they have variety yeah they do uh and then justin meldel johnson producing for them has done such a good job since integrity blues into surviving I, I love what he's doing with that band yeah they actually i think they recorded most of that surviving right here at east west studios in la which i've i've gotten to work there a couple times or sit in on sessions or do assistant engineering and yeah, that's really, they did it to know that they were in the same room. I was like, that's really cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah. We've, <laughs> and we've had moments where, uh, I think it was Zach that said he walked in. I don't know if, the, I don't think, I don't know if it was at East West or if it was a different, uh, studio down there, but, uh, Brian Wilson was in there from the beach boys just laying oh, yeah. down some piano stuff. And he walks in and looks in the little window and he goes, Oh, that's Brian Wilson. In there. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, to be cool. around such giants. Yeah, exactly. That's just kind of how it is with these studios in L.A. that, you know, that they have such a legacy. Um, yeah. United, too. And uh, I feel like they're two, two of the big ones other than like Capitol Records. There's also yeah. Revolver near where you are and Thousand Oaks. There's a lot of cool, cool studios. It's still a thing, you know, going. There's nothing yeah. like going into the studio and making a record the proper way. That's something I haven't gotten into an album like that fully. There'll be bits of it like. Some of the songs uh, uh, Blue Afternoon is done, which we haven't released yet. That's another another work in progress. It's the songs we've been sitting yeah. on um, since I've been in L.A. But, yeah, it's like we'll do the basic tracks. We'll get the rhythm tracks out um, ourselves. But then, like, for drums and certain things, we'll go to a studio if we have access to it. But I've never, like, right. put, down the, put down the money for, like, studio, like, a full session and, like, a producer and all that. I've always been super DIY. This is actually the most I've gotten to have the whole time I've done music is having a dedicated <laughs> space like this. The closest I've been to legit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I'm going to test you. You mentioned Thousand Oaks. Um, this is This is a test um, that you're, you're from the Midwest. Yeah. Um, we have people out in the Midwest and we joke about directions. And I don't know if you've ever seen the Californians SNL sketch. Um, Let's say I'm coming from, you're familiar with Simi Valley, right? Yeah. Let's say, okay, I just need general direction. Somebody dropped me off in Simi Valley, Spence, <laughs> and I need to get to Santa Monica. Can you just tell me real quick the freeways that I would need to take? From Simi Valley to Santa Monica? Yeah. Well, or I, even the valley. Let's say I'm in Chatsworth, like the valley. Oh, like, okay, Chatsworth. You're probably going to get on um, the the 134 depending and then the 134 okay. to the 101 to the 405 to maybe even the 10 if you're going to Santa Monica but probably the 405 okay. would take you okay 
you, there were four words in there that you said that that warms that warmed my heart. The 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 and the. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and so good. That means that you have acclimated to the area, the West Coast. And yeah. Actually- well, okay. It's funny. Okay, I took I picked that up early because my first impression of LA was just because in Texas the highways are pretty intense. Even Austin. Yeah. Like they have some. I call it the concrete spaghetti, where they just have all these piles. <laughs> And that happens at a couple intersections in LA, but the width of the 405 or the 10 or the 110, that yeah. was like so, I was like, whoa, this is, I'd never seen something on that scale. <laughs> so to call it the made just logical made sense. sense. I was like, this isn't 315 in Columbus I, or <laughs> uh, 23 or, no, this is the right. 405. This is yeah, the one. That's a, that's a really good point. That's, that's, how, know, I, that's how I look at it. And also just because yeah. of the, some of the significances of those highways, you know, like how many times have you seen a flyover LA and you see the 10 or you see the 110 or you see the right. one or every Christmas where they show the 405 filled with people. And you're like, it's like that every day at five o'clock. Like this isn't, yeah. <laughs> I'm in that every day. That's not just Christmas time. I wish it was just Christmas time, but it's not. It's every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. They just happen to get that angle at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Spence, did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go do karate in the garage, yeah. man? <laughs> look at look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Look at us. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, look, man, you passed the test. Um, is is there anything, before we say goodbye, is there anything that you want to plug uh, for your music, your music out here, anything you want to, where can we find you on socials and stuff like that? Okay. Um, yeah, I think I've already, I've already done it, but yeah, Spencer Wilson music on Instagram. That's Spencer with an S to Spencer Wilson music. That's my main personal music page. But if you're interested in the bands I'm in, check out rubber LeBaron, just rubber LeBaron, like the, the car. <laughs> and then also, uh, Holy Gray is the other band I'm in with a good friend of mine, Clara. And that's totally different stuff as well. That's more like the Portishead type stuff or, or R&B rather than rock. So it's cool. I, those are all different. I would say follow me on those. Uh, not I'm not really on Facebook too much, even though you reached out to me. I, I always just, the only stuff that's on Facebook is just stuff from Instagram. So it's like if you're into Facebook, okay. then you go to Facebook. And also band, I got a band camp. That's the way to listen to like actually downloadable versions of uh, the last tracks I did. But in the future, I'm going to put, I'm going to get an EP, like a solo EP out on the, on the plats and, uh, <laughs> my, and blue, a blue afternoon album, which that's also, we don't have an Instagram that's on Facebook, blue space after space noon. That's when I say it all, it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of crap and I don't feel like I do that much, but <laughs> so, such is the life of a musician. Though, yeah. right? You gotta, you gotta keep yourself busy. And yeah. also we work ourselves very thin. So oh, yeah. <laughs> spread ourselves very thin. Yeah. That's, that, um, yeah. That's why I haven't, uh, <laughs> I haven't done a lot of the solo stuff recently. Um, I kind of like, I, it's hard for me to do it all equally. I always kind of like obsess on this and then obsess on that. Yeah. And we're just kind of cycling through those, <laughs> those, you know, obsessions. Well, I, I get it, man. And now, uh, we're looking forward to whatever you put out, um, and I'm hoping that you put out another Jimmy World cover, uh, however you want. But uh, the way that you did the last one that we saw, twelve twenty three ninety five, awesome, man! That uh, Chef's kiss on that one. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, <laughs> salt, so, salt Bay, <laughs> Salt Bay. That was me, man. Uh, <laughs> I was I waiting for something it. like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Um, 
Yeah, man, uh, I just love music. I love musicians and uh, yeah, keep keep the vibe going. And uh, thanks for being on the pod for this episode. Thank you. We will for definitely me. have you on again. Yeah, I would love uh, to come back. I, I, I can't believe I hadn't found found the podcast before. I guess maybe I don't. Uh, I you guys are, do you have YouTube? Is that you? Uh, we don't. Well, we, we post some playlists on there. Okay. From the covers, like yours will, will yours will show up in okay. the twelve twenty three ninety five playlist. But we don't post any of our episodes up there. That's we just probably have, we're why. On, yeah, that's probably why I haven't found you guys. But I gotta tune in because I love. Uh, I think I could probably learn stuff that I hadn't <laughs> about a lot of songs. <laughs> and also, um, who who is your partner? The, the uh, David. David. Yeah. So David. Also, if he's a big Blink one eighty two fan, I probably have uh, a lot in common with, you know, where he's coming from. I want discussing. you to speak with him, yeah, because he can ask you the right questions as far as Blink goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad we we have another brother in arms here yeah. uh, that we can Cut call Cut from on. the same cloth. Yeah. <laughs> as I would say it. Well, yeah. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Saturday, man. And uh, thanks again for your time. And uh, as, as we always say on this podcast, um, be excellent to each other. And party on, dude.